Welcome to the Gary Gallagher Law Hour. Attorney Gary Gallagher and his firm have represented thousands of Hawaii workers and families during more than 35 years practice throughout the islands. Whether helping countless workers exposed to asbestos unknowingly in their jobs, filing suit against gas companies for unfair local pricing, or representing the state of Hawaii and winning a settlement against Big Tobacco, The Gallagher Law Firm helps fight for consumer advocacy and fair play for the people of Hawaii. No kopono on your behalf. Now, Gary and his team are here to take the mystery out of what they do and answer your legal questions. So here's the host of our show, Mike Buck and Hawaii attorney, Gary Gallagher. Aloha and welcome once again, everybody, to uh, the Gallagher Law Hour. You know, we've been doing this show for a while now, and as many of you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about a conference the Gallagher Foundation put together, and it was to further Gary's learning curve on a bunch of things that he's involved in with with uh, clients. But more important, it was to sort of set the stage for an exchange of information, which turned out to be... Um, in a baseball analogy, like a grand slam. So even though it cost you a couple of bucks, Gary Gallagher, I'm guessing that you had a few surprises, some of which we're going to discuss today, on how many people, how many stakeholders there are that are concerned with our noggins and concussions and all the things you've been concentrating about. Oh, no. In retrospect, I came in with a sliver of knowledge, and it was very important, but I was onto something big. But I was so thrilled to learn that so many people are so well-versed in our state, and we are communicating better. But the people that I did meet or did come together, like Corus Beck uh, was there at Queens, and people of that caliber who are professionals and donate their whole careers to what we're talking about, were very, very impressed with the caliber of expert that we were bringing. Tell, tell us a little bit so that there's a big audience that maybe wasn't around when we talked before. What was this conference and, and what was its original mission statement and then maybe some of the growth spurts it's taken since then? Okay, when I first got involved in representing John Wilbur and the Wilbur family, and their claim as part of the class action of the uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is a severe disabling brain injury that's caused by long-term effects of repetitive hits to the head. Uh, It turns out that that's huge. That's Mm -hmm. the bottom part of the iceberg under the water compared to concussions on Mm -hmm. the top. And the long-term neurodegeneration that happens was denied for uh, decades by the NFL, but the science now is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It was featured in the recent uh, movie Concussion with Will Smith. But the truth of the matter is the, uh, the science goes way back into the 1930s. For those that didn't know, uh, the, the John Wilbur that Gary was talking about was John Wilbur, the football player, and a father and a grandfather, and a very, very interesting guy who uh, changed from his football career as a player, went into rugby, played a lot of other kinds of uh, contact sports, and then later on represented a whole bunch of people. He he represented some very high-class athletes that came out of Hawaii that were, went into professional football, so he really was around the game for a long time and it must have been a horrific blow to not only him but his family when he succumbed to the very thing that uh, so many of his peers had succumbed to earlier I mean this guy didn't really show symptoms Gary until way into his adult life he wasn't he wasn't 
you know, silly or funny or dementia or any of that stuff until later. Oh, yeah. So many people knew John. He was such a bigger-than-life character. And, you know, just scores of people have talked to me about knowing him. And then all of a sudden, he just goes downhill so Mm -hmm. fast that uh, the mood swings. But, I mean, he got to the point that he had a hard time buttoning in his own shirt. And he helped so many people's careers but at the end, he was diagnosed, and it was confirmed on autopsy. And after he passed, uh, Dr. Shimizu at Queens, or the John Burns School of Medicine, removed the brain at autopsy and sent it to Boston, where it's part of the brain bank, and the CTE was confirmed there. Isn't it amazing that as far as we've come in medicine in this country and in the world, that the only way to determine the effects of this particular situation is upon an autopsy. Well, yes and no. I take issue with uh, the strict definition of, of the diagnoses only being available by that. What I mean by that is uh, if you have a boxer that's punch drunk and Muhammad Ali and has all the symptoms, do you really need to wait? I, I think of course, it's an autopsy. No, really. No, no. I mean, a sound cl- clinical impression when you get somebody like Junior Seau thinks he has to shoot himself. Yep. I think if someone has those symptoms at an early age, 35, 40, uh, and they had a significant professional history or, or along that continuum, it's really, really unfair to that player mm-hmm. to say, oh, sorry, you, your family can't get money while you're alive. You've got to wait until you die. It's you know, the, the, the Junior Seau situation was here's a guy that was – theoretically on top of the game had his accolades made the money got into some business you know uh, springing a family and i guess you never know uh, until somebody does something like that what possibly could have driven this person in other words how impacted do you think he was to say i got to get out this way i just can't live anymore 